Welcome to CBS Soap Dish Recap, a podcast about your favorite CBS soaps. Each week, we deliver the best hard-hitting analysis of the previous week of The Young and the Restless and The Bold and the Beautiful. Now, here's your hosts. Welcome back to CBS Soap Dish Recap, where here we recap both The Young and the Restless and The Bold and the Beautiful. And hello, everyone. I appreciate you guys coming back every week with us. Um, It's just me this week because, of course, this is a holiday weekend, and so my co-host is not in the building today. So it's just going to be me, and I think I've done this once before with doing a recap of the show, but we're going to get it done because I want to make sure that you guys have the content, and um, a lot has happened, but anyway... For those that are new here, we do the show this way normally. We do the Young and the Restless recap in the first half of the show. And then in the second half of the show, we do the Bold and the Beautiful. And then, of course, at the end of the show, we have a segment called Flip the Script. And what the Flip the Script segment is, is that if there is a particular storyline or a scene that you wish could be differently... This is where we flip that script. So, um, I'm going to do it, since it's just me, I'm going to do a little bit differently at the end because I got one big one, especially for the bold and the beautiful, but we'll definitely get to that. So, um, I want to again thank all of you guys for continuing to support the podcast every week. I see the numbers. I see you guys listening, so I really, truly appreciate it. So, without further ado, we're going to jump into this first half of the show, which is the Young and the Restless recap. This recap is from the week of July 28th through July, I mean, June 28th, I'm sorry, through July 2nd, okay? And just to kind of give a summary of some of the things that happened this week, Um, We saw Summer making a shocking move before saying her final tearful farewells and departing to Italy. We also saw a leaked tabloid report on Ashland Locks, which sends shockwaves through Genoa City. Um, Billy is hounding Victoria and Ashland out of Crimson Lights, sparring with Victor, and then gets a warning from Jack. Phyllis rants over Jack and Summer's departure and inserts herself between him and Sally. And then after Victoria delivers a dire warning, Ashlyn asks her to spend the night with him. So we got a lot to unpack. Two of the biggest storylines this week, however, is the departure of Summer Newman headed off to Italy. And then the other big thing this week is the um, everything that's happening with Ashlyn Locke and his illness of having lung cancer and only having six months to live being out there in the opening. The question is, who spilled the beans? That's what I'm wondering. So um, before I jump into those two big storylines, I'll just chime in to some of the smaller things. One of the things that we did notice this week is that Stitch is back. Now, we remember the previous week we saw somebody standing over Abby while she was sleeping, and then we also saw 
somebody peeking through her window. Well, we definitely got the truth of who is actually watching and stalking her. Now, Stitch's story is that he's in town for this so-called um, party, retirement party of another physician at the hospital. And he did give a background on what happened to his, uh, what's going on with his son, that his son is just withering away, is he's not getting any better. And so, you know, he claimed that he wanted to stop by and see Abby and see how she's doing before heading back. Now, the crazy thing about this is that, here's what I don't like about this storyline. What I don't like is that you bring Stitch back, but you can't bring Chance back. If anybody needs to be on screen right now, there's a baby on the way. You know, of course, Nina's in town, which is his mother. Um, and then you got, of course, Abby that's been longing for him to come to town. You pick an actor to come to the show, but it's not a chance replacement, recast, whatever you want to call it. It just doesn't make sense. The storyline, as Keisha and I have said before, is just, I don't know. I don't know if it's just a bridge or or a filler type of storyline to just help us fill in some of the space necessary for filming. I don't know. I, I just don't see it as interesting to me. Now, I don't know about you guys. You guys might find that storyline interesting. But if you were going to bring somebody to the show, bring Chance back. Where is he? We get all these cryptic messages about, oh my God, Chance sent me a message. Oh, he sent me this. Oh, he sent a message through Devon to give her a sweatshirt or whatever that piece of clothing is. But you finally bring a new character on, and it's Stitch. I don't get it. Now, what his agenda is, is not known yet. But obviously, what we did see is him asking, you know, one thing, he showed up at the house this week, unannounced. And he's telling, asking all these questions about where's Chance and all of this, and you know, of course, he got the story about the surrogacy where Mariah is carrying their child. Devon is fathering the child through, you know, his his deposit. And that's how, as they say, a village. It takes a village. That's what they kept talking about, right? But I don't know what his... And I'm curious of where they're going to go with this. Again, am I really 100% interested in this storyline? No. I think the only reason that I'm really curious is what they're going to do with this. Um, you know, and then he asked her to come to the retirement party with him. This is your ex. You show up at your ex's house unannounced. There's a baby on the way. The husband is away in this secret mission. And you say, hey, you want to come with me? And that didn't look too good. It wasn't a good look. You know, I think Abby kind of brushed it off. Mariah, of course, with her snarky, suspicious self, she picked on some vibes that just was a little off with that. But, yeah, that was weird. And then, I don't know if you guys remember, later this week, he had a conversation. I think that's Friday's episode. He had a conversation with um, Victor. 
And, you know, all these questions about, well, how is she really doing? You know, I mean, is she really okay? I know Abby better than anyone. Well, at least I used to, is what he said. And I'm like, dude, do you know who you're talking to? One thing about Victor Newman is if you start poking around in his business or his family's business, you're going to start ringing alarm bells with him. And, of course, what happened? It did. He felt that something was off about this situation. And Nikki brushed it off as like, oh, my God, he has a lot going on with his son. Maybe that's what it is. And he's, you know, lonely and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, it's something more to this storyline. I wish they would just bring Chance back. But maybe this is this little triangle that they're trying to put together with regards to Chance and why he's, you know, still off, off screen. So, you know, it's just pretty interesting that they're going this way. It's it's not a good interesting. It's a weird interesting. So, that's my thoughts on that storyline. I'm going to keep that short because it was brief, intermittent, whatever. Right? Okay, let's move on to one of the other smaller storylines where this whole thing with Amanda and her uh, her her grandfather, and the fact that, you know, Naya decides to put herself in jail. And, of course, Amani is pissed. Now, that was a continuation from the week ending, uh, the week of June 21st, ending on the 25th. Now, this week, Amanda runs into her grandfather. She let him have it. That man is playing so many games. He's extremely manipulative. One moment he's yelling at her, and the next moment he needs her help. And I'm glad Amanda saw through that and pretty much told him to go kick rocks, as she should have. That family has been completely dishonest through this entire uh, process. As I said before, he has a whole legal team. Why did you need Amanda in the first place? Why? Because you wanted to use her. For your advantage. And the moment you realize that she wasn't going in the same direction that you wanted her to go to, she was out. And then, of course, she put her mother on blast because her mother lied last week about the fact of her not having a conversation with her father, Richard. And then she decided to take this victim martyr role and turn herself in to the GCPD. And, of course, Imani is blaming that all on, on um, Amanda. And I'm like, no, she, as we discussed last week, she made that choice. So they try to cause all these problems. They get mad. Then they want to blame her. Then they want her help. It's like, ain't nobody got time for that. They need to go somewhere and sit down. It's ridiculous. And as for... Um, and as for, um, you know, the grandfather, you know, basically saying, oh, you know, she, you know, she, she did this, you know, because of everything. I'm like, come on. And it looks like she's trying to protect her father, which is Amanda's grandfather. She's trying to protect him from going to jail. And it's like, are you serious right now? You know, so I'm glad Amanda walked away from that 
I'm glad Amanda told, you know, her grandfather to his face that he don't believe nothing he says. You know, they want her to be her, uh, Naya's defense and all of that. You know, all of, she put herself there. You know, if they were just honest from, from the get-go, none of this would be an issue. But at the same time, this is a soap opera, so you need to have drama. I get it. But it just it's just crazy how they've been running circles around Amanda. And Amanda just got to the point that she's just going to, you know what? She's going to stand up for herself. She's choosing herself in this situation. She's not, even though, you know, she might be sacrificing <clears throat> the opportunity to have her family. The thing is, is that at the end of the day, she got to look out for herself. Because this stuff right here is a hot mess. H-O-T. You know, so... I'm glad, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm glad that, you know, she decided to pretty much just walk away. But at the same time, she's still looking for answers. So we still got to sit around and wait till Amanda figure out who's the actual killer. Is it actually her grandfather? Was it actually her mother? Somewhere along the line, it points to them. But you know how soap operas goes. There could be a twist. Who knows? It could be Amani. I don't know. But, of course, it wouldn't be Imani because she wasn't there at the time. I'm just saying they make up twists and turns, um, you know, because of everything that's going on. Who's to say, you know, she started dating Imani's father at one point and he found, we will never know. And if before a person said, oh, my God, he wasn't there at the time, blah, 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 you know how soap operas do. They'll create a whole other storyline to connect to the current one and... It'll just blow you out the water. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, where they're going to go with that. And who is Richard's actual killer? All right. That's that storyline from this week. So um, the other thing, let's see, that we had to deal with this week, you know, and I think I'm going to just go and jump into one of the bigger storylines is uh let's do the one with um ooh, I'm trying to decide which one which one's which one um there's this also quick 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 there's this other piece that was in there with Adam and the confrontation or conversation I I should say with uh victor and you know him having issues with living in the house by himself there's too many ghosts and victor asked adam to move back to the ranch and i'm like you don't want to do that victor only wants to control everyone and everything around him so as much as he was preaching to adam you need to get your life together you know, you need to do this and do that and blah, blah, blah. He was only grooming him to bring Adam under his control. That's all this is. He don't want him to get better. We saw that a little snippet of that when Adam backpedaled on going after Billy and Victor was mad. He want the old Adam, but under his control. So if he could have that same vindictiveness that he used to have ruthlessness that he used to have which is like his father victor victor wants to tap into that and control it 
He don't want an atom on the loose. He wants an atom under his control with those same traits. Well, Adam is kind of black backsliding because Adam realized going down that path have done nothing but been the worst for him, which I agree. And I'm kind of glad that the writers are giving Adam a backseat because he's been the vi- the villain for a very long time. So we have a new villain, which is Tara, which we'll talk about her later. Tara and you might as well throw Sally in that mix. So it kind of takes some of the heat off of Adam right now. And Adam is trying to take the high road. He even told Billy that. And Billy couldn't believe it. And Billy is so antagonistic. I mean, you don't, do you really want to fight with him? Because he hasn't came after you. Why would you go over to his office and try to pick a fight? So you guys have been standing on guard waiting for this guy and his father to come after you. They haven't done it. So, since it's too quiet, you decide to go over there and start fights. Really, Billy? Please, go do your job. The best success, the best revenge is success. So, if Newman Media is going to be successful, it's going to speak for itself. If Chance Com is going to be successful, guess what? It's going to speak for itself as well. So, I, I just... He need to go somewhere. And when he realized that it wasn't getting a rise out of Adam, he goes back and celebrate with Lily. Oh, my God, I don't have to look. And Lily's like, I, I don't have to look over my shoulder anymore. Um, Yeah, I think that's a good thing. And honestly, I hope it stayed that way because I wanted Adam to do something else. Put him to work. Give him something to do. The only thing is I don't like about this storyline is that I wish he had chose to do this on his own and not under his father because this could only turn badly because if Adam does take the high road and do go down that path of where he should be and daddy dearest decides that he wants Adam to stay the old Adam, they're going to have problems because there's going to be a point where Victor is going to want to eventually go after Billy and Adam is going to dig his heels and they're going to get into this fight. And everybody is going to blame Adam for Victor being all upset and all out of arms, not knowing that he wants to keep the peace, which is probably going to shock the heck out of everybody because they always think that Vic, I mean that Adam always want to have the drama going, right? So... You know, that whole thing is uh, eventually going to implode because he don't want Nick 2.0. Because even though I still think that business savvy part of Adam is still there, the other part of the vindictiveness is subdued right now because he's trying to look out. He got a son that's still out there. And, of course, Chelsea is in institutionalized. So he has to be in the right mind to make sure that he can be with his son. Victor don't care about that. Victor wants to use Adam for his own purposes and to control him. So I could see that imploding. The other part that happened this week is the visit that Adam had with Chelsea. Dad's visit, she's always on guard. And that man, since he's been out of jail, off the run, or whatever, he hasn't, he didn't go to jail, but he wasn't on the run anymore. His focus is technically to help her get better and to make sure that 
he communicate and don't say bad things about her to Connor. But in her thick skull, she, because of everything that has happened, of course she's doubtful that he's changed. She's always assuming that Adam wants to take Connor from him or badmouth um, her, a bad talk bad about her to their son. She always have a problem with it. Now, I, I like I said, I do get snippets. I haven't seen Monday's episode, but I did see, you know, some spoilers. And Adam is going to do something absolutely wonderful for Chelsea next week. The only thing that I could think of is the fact that maybe Connor might be in town and he brings Connor, Connor to visit her, which hopefully will change her mind. But we also saw a preview that she's going to go up against that doctor of hers and force his hand. She's only going to dig a hole for herself. The other thing is Melissa Claire Egan is probably coming up due. I think she's due. This is July. She might be due next month, actually, because she's very far along in her pregnancy. So I'm wondering, are they going to find a way to um, blend this storyline to give her some time off for her maternity leave. So, I don't know. I think she's having a boy. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah. Yeah, congratulations to Melissa Claire Egan. She got a baby on the way, and she's due pretty pretty darn soon. So, we're looking forward to, you know, her, you know, um, probably showing some baby pics and stuff pretty soon. But, um, yeah, kudos and um, congrats to her and her husband. All right. So, let's jump into these other two big storylines. So, the one that I would... I'm, I'm going to take that other storyline with Summer first. Because that started toward the beginning of the week, starting June 28th. This is where Summer, again, makes the shocking move, um, you know, before saying her tearful farewells to family before departing to uh, Italy. Now, the thing about this is that we all know that basically Tara forced her hand by telling her, if you don't leave town, I'm going to leave town and I'm going to take Harrison with me. Now, I don't know. I, I just, it's unrealistic to me. And even if, I, you know, because I heard rumors about Hunter King and her contract being up in the air, I also heard that Michael Mueller, the guy who plays Kyle, his contract is up in the air. And I also heard that he may be out pretty soon. Don't quote me on that. This is some of the stuff that I'm hearing. Which sucks because if Tara went through all of that, now, some people saying that that storyline can go one or two ways if Michael Mueller leaves the show. Because there's some contract negotiations that, from what I understand, is not going the way it's, it's, you know, it's expected. But, one or two things is going to happen. Either, some, and I'm just quoting what somebody else said, because to me it just doesn't make sense. As much as he went hard in the paint about being here for Harrison, for what we see. I don't see him picking up and leaving to go off to Italy to find Summer. After you're going to, at first you're going to stay with your son and now you're going to abandon him. That doesn't make sense to me. But that was a theory of how they could go that route. 
The only other way I could see a way out of this is if that boy is not Kyle's son. Now, I've heard, I've seen people saying, you know, hey, that's not Kyle's son. But remember, there's two DNA tests that were taken. The one that Kyle took. And also, there's a DNA test of the one that Ashlyn took. <clears throat> now, the I mean, the one that Ashlyn took didn't define Kyle as being the father. It did define Ashlyn as not being the father. Now, was the test legit? Now, it wasn't a test that was ordered by Tara. <clears throat> Excuse me. It wasn't a, t- uh, um, a test that was ordered by Tara. Kyle got that test. Now, I mean, of course, this is a soap opera. Maybe Tara knows somebody who knows somebody who say, hey, let's switch the paternity results. I don't know. But if, in fact, he's leaving the show, how the heck is that going to play out from this point? I guess we'll see, right? Maybe something happens and him and Harrison go off somewhere and they leave Tara here because Elizabeth Laner, who is the actress that plays Tara, she's on contract for a year. So I don't know. That's going to be interesting to see. However, let's get back to Summer. I kind of digress there. But, um, of course, this is where we see Nick and, you know, of course, her mom, Phyllis, trying to figure this thing out. Why do you want to do this? You were planning a wedding. And then all of a sudden, you go home. I mean, you decide to take this job and and leave. And she and see, it, like I said, it's unrealistic because... Tara put in her mind that if, in fact, like I said, she don't leave, I'm leaving. And that's going to make her look bad. Uh, How is that going to make Summer look bad when you took off with a kid that belongs to Kyle? It makes no sense. But the way, of course, if Hunter is being, you know, written out right now, they had to come up with something, I guess. I don't know. But she took it to heart. She decides to accept the job from Marchetti. And um, she made it sound convincing. So I'm wondering, is there a part of Summer who, yes, she bought into the whole, yeah, Tara's going to leave. I don't want to be responsible for that, right? But I also believe that there's a part of her because it just sounds too convincing or, you know, she's a great actress. But it just sounds way too convincing that this is just too much for her to handle right now. And that it's best for her to just do, it's just too much. She was planning to be married to this guy that she loved. There was no children yet. They were planning to buy a house, you know, work their careers, children down the line. And then here's this lady show up with a child that's yours. You know, and listen, there are some people who can deal with that. I applaud you. And there are some people who can't deal with that. I appreciate your transparency because if you don't, if you feel you can't deal with it, don't fake the funk. And if part of her is saying, you know what, yes, you know, my hands are tied by Tara. But the other part of this is, you know what, do I really want to take this on? I got a career of a lifetime that's being given to me. 
I'm going to live in Italy and live my best life. Do I want to deal with this drama with a third person, meaning Tara, not his son, but this third person being a part of his life and trying to raise a son and him not being available and trying to get to know his son? Because remember, Kyle already missed three years of his life. She really made it sound like part of her actually agrees with the fact that this is too much for her. And if that's the case, she should have walked away. Because you don't want to go into anything half-hearted. You know, if she signed up for this wedding and she's not 100% that she's going to be able to deal with this, she's going to end up resenting him. It's going to cause a problem in their relationship. And especially if she didn't communicate that, he's going to feel the brunt of that as well. So... I honestly believe it was the best move for her if, in fact, she's not 100% sold on the fact of being in this relationship with another woman and his child. And Jack is not helping because as much as he loved the grandson, as Phyllis said, you just moved him up in your house. Now... Do I think Tara should be able to live somewhere else around GC? Maybe, I mean, she can't live at the Grand Phoenix because, hey, Phyllis won't rent to her. But the athletic club or somewhere else, find somewhere to go, you know? And then they could have done the whole joint custody, you know, spend time here, there. But Jack was like, no, you, your mom, the baby mama's staying here. The baby's staying here. All y'all, all have one happy camper in one house. And it just, it was just not a good idea, I don't think. In my opinion. Just taking a little water break, guys. But in my opinion, I don't think it was a good idea. Because that girl was all up and through that house. Your own fiancé doesn't live there full time, but your ex do. Your ex you cheated on, or cheated with on her uh, on her husband. You know, so I mean, it's one thing to have Harrison over there all the time because he's the father, but she need her own place. Tara. They don't owe her anything. She's his mother, the child's mother. They have to maybe you know because Harrison is family. I mean, I know they're trying to look out for her, but this girl is being able to manipulate that whole household because they're being allowed. She's allowed to. Some of the things that Kyle is saying to her about, I'm going to look out for you and I'll be there for you and anything you want. Those are the same things. Again, part of Summer's statement. She notices. That's why I honestly believe as much as Tara was forcing her hand, there's a part of Summer that saw what she saw, which he was saying to Tara, and also know that this is going to be way too much for her. She saw how it happened with Sharon and with her mom, Phyllis and Nick. She probably saw it in other relationships on that show. So, I mean, she's young, she's vibrant, you know, it's, it's just not meant to be right now for her. And to me, that's okay. I would rather for her to walk away from this if she's not 100% because it's not going to people going to get hurt 
She's going to hurt herself because she's going to resent him. She's going to hurt Kyle because she's not 100%. And then Harrison is going to feel the effects of all this that's going on. Because even though he's small, children feel energies and those things. So I think that was the best move. But of course, we all know that, like I said before, Hunter was taking a reprieve. But, um, you know, the, I would say everybody was really questioning her motives except for one person. And that's Victoria. Victoria's like, go over there and kill it. I didn't put gas in the jet. You ready to go? I didn't put you up in an apartment over in Italy. You good. All you got to do is show up. Victoria ain't thinking about that. It's all about business with her. So, you know, why everybody was like, oh, we're going to miss you. Are you sure we're going to do, you want to do this? You want to leave? You're going to marry Kyle? Blah, 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 blah. Victoria's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Go live your life. So, and that's what she decided to do. Now, there's this other whole conversation with Billy and Jack. Billy had a conversation with Summer on the way out. And, you know, that whole thing was pretty interesting. We all know that short, brief history they had. So, he felt that he owed her. Of course, Summer wanted, um, you know, him to be a friend to Kyle as he go through all of this stuff. But, you know, the thing is, is that, um, you know, he he told him pretty much go after um, told Kyle to go after her, you know, keep pushing. You want to go get her. Don't let her get away. Jack wasn't happy about that. Jack was like, no, you know, if she can't handle this, you need to let her make a decision. And he put the foot down and said, I told my son that he needs to look at it from Summer's point of view. And that's the thing. He does. I understand that Kyle love that girl. He don't want her to go. But you guys aren't married yet. Would you rather end up in a messy divorce where all these people get hurt or walk away right now if she's not 100%? And I don't think she is. I don't think this is all about Tara. I, I think there's a part of her that know what this looks like. So, yeah, I think he was out of place for that. I got to say that much. So... Yeah, you know how he is. So before I get into this next storyline, which is another biggie for this week, I'm going to call Friday's episode, July 2nd, the day of sensual seduction. And the only reason why I say that, because we had Tara trying to seduce Kyle. We had Victoria trying to seduce uh, Ashlyn Locke out of his company. We saw Ashlyn trying to seduce Victoria to spend the night. We also saw um, Sally trying to get into seduce Jack into her good graces. It was just three scenes bouncing back and forth of all of this going on of folks trying to seduce each other. So I, I looked at this. I said I'd have to mention that on this podcast. Because Friday's episode was exactly like that. 
But I just thought it was interesting. So I'm going to talk about the Sally seduction and, of course, the Tara seduction. Because I'm going to talk about the Victoria and Ashlyn seduction, which leads on to that last big storyline for this week. So, with Tara and Kyle, this is all part of her agenda. I mean, she's sitting up there talking about she can't sleep, I got insomnia, and Kyle got this foolproof method to put her to make her sleepy let's do some yoga blah 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 and you know the lights are dim it's late at night it's just like okay and look like slowly but surely because they're going back down memory lane thinking about and of course Kyle knew of the times that she couldn't sleep so they would sit under the stars at night and it's like Okay, let's see where this is going. Now, somebody previewed Tara kissing Kyle, and this was like two days ago. And people were asking, is this real or was it a dream? So, of course, on Friday's episode, we realized that she was actually fantasizing about kissing Kyle. So, it wasn't real. But, um... She was putting it on pretty thick, and so was he. He was falling for it, which makes a lot of sense of everything Summer sees. There's a part of him, because they had a, even though it was short-lived, it was a hot, torrid affair. And they were sneaking around, the adrenaline rush that comes from that and all of that. So now that they don't have to sneak around, you know, Ashlyn is now moving on. He did give them the custody papers to show joint custody, just like he stated. They were happy about that. Tara was like, oh, yeah, I didn't hit the jackpot now. And I don't mean financially. I mean the fact that her plan has worked. Summer's gone across the world. She got this man to himself. They're reminiscing about the past. They have a son together, and the mood is just ripe for her trying to get Kyle in her clutches. So we'll have to see if this is going to work. So now, while that seduction is going on, there's another seducing of good graces, and that's Sally. Sally is, uh, she, she put an invitation out before she left the Grand Phoenix, which Phyllis was not happy about. And Jack told her pretty much, mind your own business, stay out of mine, you know. But anywho, um, he did decide to show up to um, society and meet up with um, Sally. She was surprised. He was intrigued. They had a drink. And one brief moment, I guess, of... Jack thinking, oh, I'm just going to hear her out and go home, turns into them shutting the place down. And even though she laid it on thick, I think you're just this wonderful man. You make me want to be better. I have so many good. Okay, I'm sorry for the technical difficulties. I got disconnected at this point. But where we left off was the whole Friday episode where everybody was being seduced. So we talked about Tara. We talked about Sally a little bit. And, you know, like I said before we were disconnected, Sally was laying it on real thick. 
And even though she was, Jack was eating it up. Now, he still has his guard up in regards to her because he said, hey, this is no guarantee that we're even getting back together. And she was like, well, that's okay. But, I mean, maybe a nice drink every now and then would be good. And he said he was open to it. Which, Jack, you know you want to get back with Sally. you just being hesitant. But he has every right to be because Sally got a whole lot of stuff going on that Jack doesn't know about. Especially that unholy alliance that she has going on with Tara. And if that comes out, her world is going to implode. Say bye-bye to the new job. Say bye-bye to the relationship. Might as well say bye-bye to GC because the fact that she was a part of sending Summer out of the country and creating that whole thing and setting this whole thing in motion with the Marchetti job, yeah, her whole world can blow up. And we've seen what secrets can do. And we definitely seen that on The Bold and the Beautiful, which we'll get to that in a little while. But speaking of jobs, the interesting thing that happened on Monday episode is the fact that, or was that Tuesday? It was either Monday or Tuesday, where Summer gave a recommendation to Lauren to give the JCV position of president of JCV to, guess who, Sally. Now, that shocked me. I thought Summer was going to try to write her off and say, hey, give it to Jane Doe or John Doe or whoever else. Anybody other than Summer. I did not expect that. And I know probably you guys didn't expect that as well. But, yeah, that was so shocking. And, I, you know, even Sally was talking to Tara about the fact that she couldn't believe that Summer decided to pass the torch to her for that position. <clears throat> Excuse me. And... <clears throat> Let me get a little bit of water. Okay. And then after all the work that, you know, Sally put in, calling Eric Forrester, setting up all of this stuff with this whole fiasco with the Marchetti position. At the end of the day, Summer took the high road and said, you know what? Hey, I got my dream job. Let me help. Uh, Sally out and she can have my old position so I'm surprised she didn't feel guilty but nope she didn't which says a lot about Sally which is crazy because that should have kind of touched her a little bit like oh my god how the heck I just sabotaged her out of town and she ended up to be nice enough to offer um, her position up to me so yeah, that was crazy. So I think we covered most of that about um, Summer leaving out of town. Um, Kyle was a wreck. He begged and pleaded all the way till she walked out of the Grand Phoenix. Um, we saw that Summer gave her ring back. She's done. She's overdone. She made a statement with that. At least if she kept her ring, I guess that would have gave Kyle hope that there's a chance 
she was like, I'm not leaving anything on the table. Nothing. Take your ring back. I'm headed across the country, across the world. I'm out. So, I mean, hey, like I said, I've already discussed it. I honestly believe part of what Summer was feeling was real outside of what Tara and and Sally was doing to her. So, all right. I think I covered everything with that. I'm hoping I'm not missing anything. Um, but there was another seduction on Friday and that was the whole seduction when it came to this whole storyline with Ashlyn and, um, Victoria. So I don't know if Victoria is truly a hundred percent interested or if she is interested and she's trying to get the best of both worlds possible relationship with him on his way out because as you know as we all know he got six months to live and at the same time you know getting this this whole conglomerate that she's trying to merge these two companies together which is you know Ashlyn Locke's company and you know Newman so I don't know that it's an interesting concept because as much as Ashlyn is trying his best because there's now, remember they went to New York together. Now there's a trip to LA on the table. And at first she was like, no, I don't have time. I'm not going to go. And he's like, please have dinner with me in LA. I'm not going to give up. Don't answer me right now. Think about it. And the crazy thing is between Billy, Victor, and Nikki, they're all trying to pry in what the heck is going on. Now, she did finally break it to Nikki that, um, you know, that she's trying to merge the two companies together. And Nikki was like, man, you learn a lot from your father. It is a Victor move. I will, you know what, and I said this before on one of our previous podcasts. I honestly believe if Victoria and Adam and Victor could work together on one accord, they could own a huge empire because they're so business savvy. They all three of them have a ruthless streak, which I is you know of course why I think Victoria hates Adam so much because technically they are they're both the version of their father, right? But the crazy thing is, is that, you know, she's playing her cards to the hip. She's like, I'm not giving up nothing. Not at all. Don't even think about it. I'm going to need you to sign on the dotted line. So I'm curious if she's using his attraction for her to get this company. Or is she truly interested in being with this guy? Now, it seems to me, because she put an offer on the table, like, look, we don't need, because this happened, this is part of this seduction. Showing up at his apartment at night, he's looking like, what are you doing here? At first, she had to be with the kids. Now, she don't have to be with the kids. But then, she have to be with the kids when Ashton says, spend the night with me. And he says something that was sexy. He said, I want you right now, and I don't want to wait. And she's looking like, 
I want that contract right now, but you're going to have to wait. <laughs> so she's playing a little chess, a little, you know, playing her cards right. Because she's like, I ain't, no, mm-mm. I'm going to need you to sign on that dotted line. We don't need to wait. Because here's the thing. Nikki told her <clears throat> the other day that, how do you know this man is legit? He could be telling you anything. Who's to say he won't change his mind? Who's to say something won't happen to him before he signs? So that did put a fire because even though he said he got six months to live, who's to say that he's going to live out that full six months? Which is a good point that Nikki put on the table, right? But the thing is, is that I'm wondering if he's legit. Is this story real? I don't know. Maybe because he likes to play games. It could be real. I don't know how long this guy, Ashlyn Locke, is going to be the guy that plays him is going to be on the show. I think he should stick around. I think it's an interesting pairing. Maybe they're testing the waters to see how the fans like him and Victoria together. And even Billy had to admit that Ashlyn is her match. She met her match. And honestly, they respect each other. They're evenly yoked in business. They're shrewd thinkers. I mean, it's just like tit for tat with both of them. It's like yin and yang with the two of them. And so, honestly, I'm hoping that there's this, they merge these companies. Let them go ahead and merge the companies. I'm all about a good corporate merger or corporate takeover as part of drama for these shows. But, yeah, I honestly think this is a great match. I don't know. Some people might disagree, but she needs... Give her a new person. Stop having her go back to Billy or, or any of these other folks. You know, give her a chance with Ashlyn and let him stick around for a while. Give him a miracle cure or something. If you can bring Adam back from the dead three times, you can definitely keep Ashlyn Locke from dying right now. Okay? Or should I say four times? I don't know how many Adams we've had. I think three. Three or four. Wait a minute. One, two, three. Yeah, four. Adam has came back four times. So, if you can bring him back from the dead with a new face, new body, burned from recognition, blown up in a cabin, going over a mountain in a burning car, you can save Ashlyn's life. So, let's let's get to it, writers. Keep him around for Victoria. But anywho, so, she's not budging. And the more that her family and Billy push the more she's digging in her heels. And she's loving the attention. She is loving the fact that she knows something. And she got this big old coup that's going on that nobody else knows. And this remember this week also, the gossip line leaked out that, oh my God, Ashton Locke has six months to live. It came out on a, to- a tabloid. And of course, Billy's sniffing around Victor sniffing around with Adam because they're thinking like, man, maybe we need to make a move on this company since he's not going to be around for a while. I mean, be around sooner or later. Let's make a move on his company. So, you know, it was it was pretty interesting. Um, 
I honestly, I want it to go that route. If it's my opinion, I honestly want it to go the route of Ashlyn being able to find a miracle cure. Him and Victoria get together and they run this empire. Now, those type of relationships in the soap world don't last long. I don't know how they would break up down the line. But it'll definitely, you know, Billy need to stay focused on Lily. Lily is constantly trying to get Billy focused off of Victoria. Which sucks. Because why are you still always so obsessed and assume about what's going on in your ex-wife's life? If it don't have anything to do with your kids, why are you still bothering her about what she's doing? It's none of your business. You're broken up. You're divorced. You got a whole new girlfriend and a whole new apartment on the other side of town. Lily is your business. Not not uh, Victoria. So, but I just, I'm curious to see. I'm interested in this storyline. I want to see where that goes. Because I'm telling you, Victoria is definitely playing chess. She's trying to out-strategize um, you know, Ashlyn, Ashlyn is like, Hey, yo, I'm not going to give up my company that fast. You know, so I don't, but I don't, I'm hoping it's not giving an undertone of, I need you to sleep with me first before I sign the dotted line. That's not a good look writers. That's not a good look, you know, and that, that's like a quid pro quo type of thing. That's, you know, I I mean, they don't work in the same company, so it's not that type of quick pro quo. But to say, I'll I'll, I'll sign the dotted lines, but I need to sleep with you right now because I want you. Yeah, okay. I'd be like, look, dude, let me tell you something. We need to do business first. Business, all of that, you know, it shouldn't be a this for that type of thing. That's just my thoughts. It could be something totally different. But I would say I would like to see the two of them pursue a relationship together. Give him a miracle cure and see how they work out together as a couple. Especially since Tara is in town. So, that would be interesting. You know. Um, I'm trying to think because I covered a lot um, before we got cut, disconnected. And then in this part right here. So... I think we got everything. Um, we didn't get a lot of... Well, Sharon and Ray are still out of town. We didn't get a lot of Devon. Um, except him popping in and out with Amanda. And then also him popping in and out with Abby. So, that was pretty much it for this week of, of The Young and the Restless. Um, the two biggest storylines were... Um, you know, the whole thing with Summer departing and then the whole thing with, um, Ashlyn Locke, his illness and this merger. So, yeah, but I did think that whole scene was pretty darn sexy when he was like, you know what? Spend the night with me. I want you. And I can't wait. Put that in the right tone of voice with your husband or your boyfriend, and he's telling you that. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. Anyway, I digress. All right, let's move into the second half of the show. And we're going to recap the bold and the beautiful. 
for the week of June uh, 28th through July 2nd. And so to kind of give you a summary of this week, Quinn panics when Eric calls Carter to the house and put him on the spot. Quinn fumes when she catches Brooke trashing her to Eric before the vow renewal. Brooke eavesdrop as Quinn delivers a dire warning to Paris. Steffi and Finn welcome their beloved newborn son into the world and honor him with a special family name. And last but not least, Carter's shocking confession leaves Eric demanding answers from Quinn and their and their guests really. So, we really didn't get a lot of Liam because Thomas is still stuck in the cage because that's, that's a smaller piece. The two biggest pieces this week is the birth, and that's not really that big. I think she got a day or two this week of delivering the baby. And then the rest was all about Quinn and Eric and Zoe, I mean, and Paris and Carter and Brooke and all of that mess. So let's get these little storylines out the way, which is, you know, Justin, of course, we know the week of the 21st through the 25th, you know, he threw Thomas in a cage because he don't want him telling the truth about what happened with Vinny because Vinny committed suicide, right? Well, I mean, they spent part of Monday where Vinny is, I mean, where uh, Thomas is basically just trying his best to explain to, um, you know, uh, Justin that, hey, you know, why you don't want to do this? You need to let me out. Um, and Justin is going through this whole thing about how Bill has done so many things to him and he's taking me for granted and he's using, he's demeaning, uh, Justin, maybe you should have quit. You're an attorney in LA. You can get a job anywhere. Hey, go work for the Foresters. But I mean, they already got Carter over there. I don't know. Well, he's COO. So, I mean, hey, but you don't like working for Bill Spencer? Quit. You don't go through a whole elaborate scheme about dragging out, you know, trying to get Liam and um, Bill out of jail. And then when you find a way to keep this evidence out, you throw Thomas in a cage. Okay, you do realize that people are going to start looking for him, which for the week of July 5th, that's going to, because I think Hope is going to realize some things and, and be able to locate Thomas. So just want to put that out there. But yeah, I mean, Justin, how did you think this was going to play out? That this man was just going to stay in that cage forever and die there and People just going to say, hey, he's missing. Where is he? Oh, okay. Well, he was turned up. Plus, this man got a whole son waiting on him somewhere. So that whole plan didn't make sense at all. It was ridiculous. I just want that storyline to be over because it's absolutely stupid. I don't even know if I want to waste time on it, but Keisha and I talked about it last week. It just doesn't make sense. It came out of nowhere. 
I mean, so what happens to Justin when he finds out that you did kidnapping, you know, destroy evidence, all of that? Are you, is he leaving the show? I don't know. That was weird. But I just think it's a stupid storyline. It's ridiculous. So, let's go. We got that out the, out the way. Um, the other quick storyline is the birth of um, the baby between Finn and Steffi. So, I've seen a lot of comments on social media where people, like, because, of course, they chose to do a water birth at home. A lot of people had issues with it because it looked way too sensual. They were dancing and bouncing from side to side. And then it looks like in the water, they were very sensual with each other. And so a lot of folks was like, dang, what are they doing? Are they making love or are they, you know, having a baby? Some people hated it. Some people absolutely loved it and thought it was beautiful. I had no problem with it. Anytime I see a television or a show with a birth, it brings me to tears because it takes me back to when I had my two kids. It's a, a an experience that you will never forget in your life. And I know the moms out there totally get it. So I didn't have no problem with it whatsoever. I thought it was pretty intimate for the dad to be in the water with, with the birth of the son. I'm, that looked like a real baby. Now, I know sometimes these soaps use these close to near-looking <clears throat> babies, but that looked like a real baby. I'm wondering, at the time when they filmed that, was that actually Jacqueline's baby? I don't know, because you know she actually did have a baby back in March or April? Somewhere like that. She had her second son. And I know we're like seven weeks behind with filming. So I'm wondering if that was her own baby that she has with her husband, Elon. I don't know. I might have to do some digging. But that baby looks super real. What people did not think was real too much was that home birth. Like I say, you know, for the moms that does home births, and honestly, because somebody said in, in the post, it looked like the way she was in the tub, she could have sat on the baby's head. Well, first of all, the best way and the healthy way to technically give birth to a child is in low light, in a squatting position, not laying on your back, actually. But I know a lot of hospitals do it. So, I mean, if she's in a squatting position... That's actually a little bit better because the gravity be able to pull the baby downward. So that's why a lot of people go that route. There are people who actually have babies in a squatting position versus laying down on their back and that baby has to take a, a parallel path outside of the body, right? I'm not going to go into too, too, too much TMI, but... A lot there are some folks that just was like this is not believable it doesn't make sense it's horrible there are different ways that women give birth it, it is and one of those ways are in the water with a home birth and a midwife so I had no problem with it I didn't see no issue with it like I say I get emotional when I see 
women having babies because it takes me back from my own personal experience. Now, my kids are 24 and 21 now, but still, it was almost like it was yesterday. We always remember that. It's, it's unforgettable. So, I had zero issue with it. Um, now that the baby is born, they have to come up with a name. They come up with Hayes because it's a little boy. The name is H-A-Y-E-S. And where did that come from? Hayes came from Steffi's mother. Because her name is Taylor Hayes. Yep. So, kind of like Summer from The Young and the Restless. Because Phyllis' last name is Summers. So, she named her daughter Summer. I've seen that a couple times with some of these characters naming uh, their kids after like a last name or something of a family member. So, but I thought it was a cute scene. I thought it was very intimate. Um, It was somewhat sensual. But hey, when you got a husband and a wife, you get to do it your way. So, hey, have at it. I, I didn't have any issue with it. So, all right, let's get to this biggest part of this week. So... What this week start out with Quinn, <clears throat> with Quinn and all of this whole situation. Um, Eric calls Carter to the house to put him on the spot. Now, of course, they're thinking that they're going to put him. Uh, he's going to put him on the spot because of everything that they did, which was cheating, sleeping with each other, right? No, he calls him over there because he wants. After Quinn wants to renew her vows, Carter is summoned to the house because Eric wants him to be the efficient. And of course, oh my God, Paris, you shouldn't want to do this. Why are you doing this? This is a sham, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, Paris, this is not your, this is not your plight. If you want to, and I got a whole summary of that whole thing, but it's not your plight. She kept nagging all week. If you want to tell your sister you're upset about what happened, okay, fine. Go talk to Zoe. But this whole thing about trying to take this high moral ground, you know, and everything, it's just, it was, it's just too much. But anywho, I mean, he goes over there and he says, yes, I'm going to officiate the wedding. I don't think it was a good idea, but seemed like up to a certain point, they were just fine going through with it. Do I honestly think that Quinn loves Eric? Yep. Do I honestly think that Carter loves Zoe? I'm not sure about that. Um... I do think that there's some accountability to go around. So, and I'll get to that part in a minute, right? So, again, here come Paris showing up at the house because now she's getting ready, meaning Quinn, for the whole vow renewal. And the first person that shows up there is Brooke. And Brooke is like, why are you doing this? You're not the right person for Eric. You need to leave. And of course, Quinn is like, this is my house. Get out of my house. And 
blah, blah, blah. And they're just at a sparring event until Quinn is like, you know what? I'm not going to argue with you. Do what you wish. If you don't want to be supportive, just get out of here and go home. Seriously. And that's what she said, right? Well, when Brooke decides that she's tired of going back and forth with, um, you know, with Quinn, here come Paris. It's like, it's Grand Central Station. Do anybody lock their bedroom door? It's like if Quinn, if, if Brooke just left, lock the door so she won't come back in. Hello? Just, just absolutely ridiculous. So she come in there and is like, I can't believe you're going to go through with this. Why are you doing this? You shouldn't be here. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And Quinn is like, okay, you know what? I'm going to draw a hard line with you. I'm sick and tired of you nagging me. You're not Eve. You don't know me. You don't get to say anything about me and my marriage and blah, blah, blah. Okay. <clears throat> Let's start right there. That part I agree with. You don't know these people. You just barely got your foot in the door to work in the executive suite. Now, if you want to say something which you have already numerous times last week, you need to leave it up to them to figure that out. Who you should be talking to, if anybody, if anybody is Zoe. The problem is, is that she was nagging Quinn so much and being a busybody, Quinn couldn't take it no more and her fangs came out and she threatened that girl, I'll take your job, keep messing with me, blah, blah, blah. And then she got the nerve to turn around and say to Quinn, oh, you're going to try to ruin me, but just last week you was on your knees. And I'm like, stop, please. You know, um, all of this started from Zoe's behavior. It was a domino effect. Yes, people had choices along this path. You know, Carter had a choice not to sleep with the boss son. All of that. There were choices that was made. But for her, meaning Paris, to hold them so harshly accountable, when she was one of those same ones that was keeping a secret, from Carter for a while about the whole Zenday thing. It's like, wait a minute. Aren't you kind of hypocritical? Because you didn't run and go tell Carter real quick what Zoe was doing. But at the same time, you want to run and push them to tell Eric. Yeah, okay, Parrish. The other thing is, is that they not, they not even, they weren't even together. I don't care if Carter slept with Shauna, Donna, or anybody else. She wasn't with, he wasn't with Zoe at the time. They didn't, he didn't cheat on Zoe. Zoe cheated on him because she was actively in a relationship, actively engaged. When she was two seconds from being butt naked in the pool with Zenday. So, I don't understand that. You want to hold somebody at a high regard, but you were pretty much willing to keep Zoe's secret. And then at the same time, you know, uh, this girl, Zoe basically tried to ruin you, ruin Zenday's relationship. 
she was you were in a whole relationship and going on a date with Zenday and your own sister that you're trying to carry the torch for pretty much threw you under the bus, sabotaged all of that because she still wanted this dude. But leave it up to her. Zoe was confused, right? Yeah, go figure. But here's my thing. When she was yelling at Paris, meaning Quinn, you're not going to tell anybody. You're not going to ruin my life. I'm going to ruin yours. Brooke is eavesdropping at the door. And it's like, Brooke, this is not your house. I don't know why she feels such of entitlement to Eric when you married to his son. You're not married to that dude. Why are you all up and through this man's house listening at people's doors and anything else? It's none of your business. And, you know, I mean, she get, ain't got no no room to talk and be worried about what anybody is doing. Well, in the process of it all, Quinn is ready. She runs downstairs to get ready to say her vows. That should have been Paris's cue to leave. No, Paris is still up in that woman's bedroom. And while she in there pondering and thinking and looking in her mirror about what was said and all of that, I'm like, girl, why are you still in this woman's bedroom? You ain't even supposed to be here. She told you not to come. Brooke rushes in and was like, oh, my God, drop the tea. I need the tea. The tea is hot. Spill it. And so uh, I was thinking like, okay, think Paris, because there's a lot of people affected. It's not just Quinn. Carter is affected. This is going to sever a long-time relationship with Ridge. It's going to sever, uh, put a wedge between his relationship with Eric. He could lose his job. Now, granted, he should have thought about that with, you know, before sleeping with the boss's wife. But there was a lot at stake. And if anybody, why the heck would you tell Brooke? You know her, her, her idea is not really about protecting Eric. It's about ousting Quinn. And she stupidly told Quinn everything. It's, I mean, go tell Eric. Okay, if you want to tell somebody, tell Zoe. But, I mean, Brooke out of all people. And, of course, Brooke was like, oh, yeah, I got the tea. I'm going to burn her with it. I'm going to spill this. And what does she do? She go downstairs. She try to stop the wedding. Friday's episode, they tried to drag that out. And I've seen people on social media like, Brooke, please spit it out. Then Paris finally creep her butt downstairs. Carter peeps that and notice that, oh, my God, the jig is up. We Our goose is cooked. And, of course, um, Quinn is just, oh, my goodness. Now. I will give it to, because Quinn was denied, denied, denied. I don't know what you're talking about. I ain't saying Jack. Forget that. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, Carter was just done. He was like, you know what? Now, I got to give it to Carter. He put the whole story out there, and he did it perfectly. Because it wasn't about sticking it to, to Eric. And that's the story that needs to come out. But Brooke ain't, she ain't hearing that. She, all she, she don't care 
about Eric's part in this, Zoe's part in this. What they not she's only focused on the fact of the betrayal of Quinn. There's some moving parts to this situation. And there's accountability to go around across the board. And, you know, the thing is, is that Carter put it perfectly. He said, you know what? Quinn loves you. But there was a time that you, you know, you took that affection away from her. And you hurt her. And she was in a place of pain. I'm coming off of a place of pain because of what Zoe did to me. And she was trying to help me get back with Zoe. But we connected over that. And as we connected and we talked and, you know, had conversation, it turned into a situation of us being being in an affair with each other. Now, I saw some faces in that room. I don't know if Paris understood finally how this happened, but she's so young and naive. Live a little. You'll see a whole lot of stuff go on. But, and I hope one day that doesn't happen to her because you're going to be looking for some grace too. Anyway, if Brooke is going to ignore that or anybody in the rest of that room is going to hear what Carter said and put it plainly, and even Eric himself is going to, it's, it remains to be seen. Quinn, I mean, Brooke, she don't care. She don't care anything about what, what what Carter had to say about that whole situation. And she should because she's been in those exact same situations. But I'm going to speak on every one of those people in that room. We're going to start with Quinn. Quinn shouldn't have done what she did with Carter. She's married. She has a higher responsibility in this situation to not betray her husband. Okay? Carter, even though he was single, he shouldn't have slept with his boss's wife. Dude, it's not like you didn't know this person was married. You know that that's your, you the COO. They gave you one of the highest positions in the company and you slept with this man's wife. So that shouldn't have happened. Ridge in that room, he shouldn't have nothing to say. After, especially after his 2020 run with Shauna and all of his history as well. He even had a moment with Quinn. Come on now. Brooke, her history speaks for itself, which she looks really hypocritical right now. She needs to go take several seats. And by the way, uh, does Bill Spencer, a.k.a. the Stallion, ring the bell? Because, I mean, just last year, you were in the same exact situation because you were kissing Bill Spencer. It was a mistake. I didn't mean it to happen. It just happened. But then you want to throw the anchor at Quinn. Okay. And don't forget about you sleeping with your daughter's husband. And, hey, it goes on and on and on throughout history. So she ain't got nothing to say about nobody. Felon flow, enough said. Um, when it comes to Eric, <clears throat> to Eric, okay, Eric emotionally alienated his wife. Quinn was begging for his love, his affection, spousal attention. 
when he should have been working this out, he ran away and was blowing her off and not, she wanted to sleep with him, have sex with him, all of these different things. And he turned her down. He wasn't interested. You were cold to her. You got to take some accountability in that too, Eric. I mean, you say, oh, I wasn't sure. I'm still thinking about her past. Then you shouldn't have never gotten back with her in the first place. Don't come into something. That's what I said about Summer. If you're going to come in 50%, you're going to end up hurting somebody. You need to walk away. And that's why I said the same thing about Summer. Because if she's not all in with Kyle, she needs to walk away. Same thing with Eric. If you knew that you had doubts, you shouldn't have got back with Quinn. Don't get involved with this girl thinking that, oh, everything is great. We're back together. And then all of a sudden you feel in some kind of way and you want to reject her sexually, intimately, emotionally, physically, all of the above. That's your wife. You got stuff to do with your wife. Come on now. Get out your feelings. And you need to take, he needs to take accountability for that. You know, so I don't give him a pass at all. Wyatt shouldn't have anything to say because you had to cheat on Sally twice to get with Felon Flow. Sean shouldn't have nothing in that room to say either, especially her being part of the whole Ridge fiasco, getting him drunk in Vegas, getting him married to her, and then just the mere fact that she lied about sleeping with Carter. Paris. Like I said, if this was all about your sister, who was two seconds off of skinny dipping in the pool with Zenday, and especially if Ridge didn't stop it and her being all confused, she started all of this ball. She started this ball rolling. You should have told Zoe, if anybody, not Brooke. Why get in the middle of this whole thing nagging and being a busybody with this thing so i think i covered everybody in that room to stand around watching this whole thing unfold and the pain that's in her face nobody in that room is above reproach to be judgmental to nobody they all need to take several seats seriously so i'm waiting for brooke to get on her high horse to speak about Oh, my God, you're such a horrible person. And then they throw Donna into a whole trillion gazillions of scenes on Friday episode about, oh, my life is better when I think about my honey bear. It's like, are you serious right now? Because at first you was talking about how handsome and cute Carter was. Now... You're back on air talking about, I miss him, I love him. And Katie is just placating to it. Oh, I know. You should be with him if he wasn't married to Quinn, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, writers, please, let's not. I know there's a lot of fans out there that's like, oh, my God, she's going to get her honey bear back. That is so awesome, whatever. I'm like, no. Eric needs to take some time and figure out what he want to do in his retirement. Seriously, that dude, come on. I mean, hey, everybody need love, I guess, right? But let's not go down that, to me, this is just my thoughts. Everybody is entitled to their opinion. 
I really truly don't want to see the whole Donna Eric thing again. I just don't. I don't. Bring somebody else on. You know, that's different. Why we got to keep <clears throat> recirculating these people and these romances? It's just, ugh. No. So, obviously, by her saying that over and over and over and over again in Friday's episode, my honey bear, I miss him. I love him. I think about him. That makes me happy when I think about him. The writers are obviously moving Quinn out the way to move Donna back in. So, whatever. I'm at the point that I can see why the Bold and the Beautiful did not win drama for for 2020 um there were better storylines in the young and the restless that's more interesting to me bold and beautiful is just it's just ridiculous the the justin storyline is ridiculous this whole thing with paris thank god kiara barnes i'm looking forward to that she's going to be on fantasy island starting august 7th on fox I'm looking forward to seeing her over there. And the guy that played Xander, not Zenday, the guy that played Xander, that used to be Emma's boyfriend before she got killed or whatever, he's also going to be the girl that played Zoe, Kiara Barnes. I think they're going to be boyfriend and girlfriend in that show. So I'm looking forward to that one. I can't wait to watch it. She has her regular hair. Her gorgeous self, not all the stuff that Bold and the Beautiful been putting on her. I'm just not happy with Bold right now. The storylines suck. I would prefer to see Steffi do some good big things with fans. This whole thing with Justin, Liam, and Bill is ridiculous. This thing with Paris is just annoying. Brooke is being hypocritical. It's just not interesting. It's just the same old crap. What happened to the corporate takeovers? Like what we see in Victoria doing. Or what happened with the fashion shows? This is a fashion house. This whole recycle mumbo jumbo is just ridiculous, you know. So most of my focus, I watch the bold and beautiful because sometimes I see some stuff that's interesting. But my main focus pretty much right now is storylines that's pretty interesting on the young and the restless. So... That is all I have for this week. Keisha, we miss you. We look forward to see you in two weeks because you are on vacation this weekend and next weekend. So you guys got me again solo for the week of July 5th through July 9th. And um, I look forward to it. So I'm going to do my flip the script and we're going to end this show. So for my flip the script, for bold, I mean, for the young and the restless, is the whole storyline where, I mean, I honestly, you know, with Summer leaving, we know that there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, but I think I kind of said this in the previous week, she should have called Tara's bluff, I ain't going nowhere, and if you think you're going to try to make me look bad by running off with, you know, Harrison, that's gonna look bad on you. So you ain't got me messed up in the head. You trying to make me think otherwise? You run off with that son. I'm gonna look golden. You're the one that's gonna look crazy. But you know, we saw that she had to leave. 
And then my flip the script on Bold and Beautiful is everything that I just said about each person in that room, I would love Quinn to pretty much dry them tears, turn around and say, before you judge me in a nice, calm voice, before you judge me, I would have Quinn should read everyone in that room their rights, especially Eric, because granted, did she have a choice? Yes. But also Eric has some accountability. If he going to get up there and get on his high horse and talk about, oh my God, did you betray me? You betray me by alienating the affection as your wife. That hurt. You could have talked to me. You could have told me. You didn't have to run off. I told you I love you. You never said it back. I wanted to sleep with you. You didn't want to sleep with me. You distanced yourself from me. What do you expect me to do? Go grab some battery? Something? You should have been man enough to have this conversation with me and work this out. You don't come back after the fact. So, I would have, out of any, before Brooke got started, everybody in the room, I let her read them, like I, like I was saying earlier, but she definitely need to read Eric, because that, there's two pieces in this puzzle. This ain't all on her. This is Eric's fault, too. You know, you don't do that. You're in a marriage. You sit down, you talk about this stuff. What's wrong with you? Why are you not doing this? You don't run away and say, I don't want to talk about it and take a trip somewhere and be gone and all this stuff and don't talk to me. You ain't answering my calls. You you act like you I'm disgusting in the bedroom. You don't want to touch me. Who going to deal with that? Come on. This ain't like you was giving it all and giving your all and you sleeping with her and fulfilling all her needs and she got greedy. She shouldn't have cheated on her husband. But at the same time, Eric shouldn't have done what he done. So, I'm going to stop right there because I don't want to be long-winded. But that's my flip the script for Bold and Beautiful. She need to read Eric the Riot Act. So, I think that's the right terminology. But, anywho. So, that's our show for this week for The Young and the Restless and The Bold and the Beautiful CBS Soap Dish Recap. I hope you enjoyed it. Um... It's a little different when it's just me, but hey, we make it work. I try to make sure we accommodate everybody. So I'm hoping Keisha enjoying her vacay. I'll be going on vacay at the end of the month, but I'm going to still probably try to do the podcast before I leave or whatever. So I'll figure it out. So until next week, have a great uh, weekend. Be safe out there. And we will see you on next week's show. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on CBS Soap Dish Recap. Make sure you check us out on our Facebook group at The Young and the Restless, Bold and the Beautiful, Long Haul, Die Hard Fans Group. We are 29,000 strong and we would welcome you. Also, never miss an episode. You can check us out on other platforms, such as via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. Also on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and more. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, give us a rating. If you simply want to tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. We're signing off for now. 
We'll talk to you next week. Bye.